Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo. In this episode, we have Scott Garber. Scott is currently the vice president at Check. Uh, Check is a fintech company that develops and issues smart cards. What's great about Scott, though, is that he's a former collegiate athlete and, you know, he had a unique and really cool transition into um, what he's currently doing, you know, bounced around in a number of different sales roles, uh, entrepreneurship roles. And um, it was really intriguing to kind of get his um, his insight into, you know, what's made him successful and like how how he's got to where he is today. You know, as a former collegiate athlete, he kind of gives us the, the, the blueprint of, you know, how to be successful. You know, when I got to talking with Czech, you know, someone I've developed a relationship over, you know, the past couple months, you know, I can immediately see why he's so successful at what he does. A uh, great conversationalist, great networker, uh, you know, he just, lights up a room he you know you you gravitate towards what he's talking about because he's really engaged and i really feel like a lot of athletes can kind of follow in his footsteps in terms of learning different tricks of the trade and how to you know how to navigate the corporate space uh so with that being said um, i'm excited for you guys to you know listen to this episode hear what scott has to say um hear what scott's currently doing you know both from the athlete side and then from the um, fintech side because you know obviously this podcast we focus on the two make sure you tune in and you know um, share with a friend subscribe rate review do all that hey what's up scott uh thank you so much for your patience uh we've been uh, we've been trying to make this happen for the longest time uh i feel like we both have great energy since, since we first met each other it's just been quality vibes um i'm excited to have you on the podcast give us a little bit you know of your snippet your background how you got to where you are today yeah and first off thanks for having me and uh man i love what you're doing i love the mission um you know everyone i've connected in and around your world uh said nothing but great things so you know beyond thrilled to be on here with you um you know let's let's kick things off who is scott garber uh you know guys i'm from south florida originally uh you know grew up an athlete playing soccer hockey football um if it had a ball and it involved being outside i was there um you know coming up uh you know i i knew that i wanted to do something uh, at the collegiate level, but didn't know how to get there. So uh, really, you know, as I got into high school, started to hone in on a craft that was uh, pay me some, you know, pay me to go play and get an education at the next level. And so um, funny enough, I took my soccer background, figured out I could kick a football pretty damn far. And, uh, and that's how I ended up in, in the uh, collegiate sports world. So um, my journey starts at the University of South Alabama. Um, you know, I was a highly recruited punter coming out. And, um, and, and, you know, I had an opportunity to go ahead and start the program at South Alabama from the ground up. Um, so when I got the letter or the call, um, they said, you know, hey, we got, we got a heck of an opportunity for you. Uh, we play University of Tennessee, which is where I was originally committed in five years, and we got a full scholarship. And so when I committed there, and it was piles of dirt and a dream they were selling me. And, uh, and so fast forward, um, you know, we scaled that program up. And that really laid the foundation for the entrepreneurial spirit that, that I have. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into what I'm doing on the professional side, but it's contagious. When you build something from the ground up to, to do something, you know, you put your name, your legacy on it. It's, uh, it's something really cool. So 
so that's my background a little bit in sports. You know, I, uh, I came out, really wanted to, to go and get into business in some capacity. But what they don't tell you when you're an athlete is they, they do all the time blocking for you, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. when you have to go, you know, when you go into meetings, yeah. you know, when you have to be at the field. And so that was a tough learning lesson, if I'm being honest, you know, like I had to come out and figure out how to structure my life as a post-athlete. How do you make money? How do you handle money? How do you handle time versus money? Um, so these were all lessons that I learned early on in my sales career. And uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited. I, you know, I don't know where do you want to steer the conversation? You want me to keep rocking? You got questions? No, no, what, I want to take it back. I want to take it back to your time cool. when you, you were highly recruited, highly recruited football player, you know, University of Tennessee, D1. Obviously some things happened. Can you talk about, you know, having to adjust? Because I feel like you already had an inkling, uh, like a, a trial run of adjusting or transitioning. Um, yeah. You know, as athletes, you know, professional athletes, elite athletes, whether it's, you know, D1 athlete, D2, NAIA, junior college, high school to college, college to pro, pro to retirement, that adjustment period when things you think are looking so, sort of like in the right direction, now they shift. How are you able to reassess your situation and, you know, choose yeah. South Alabama? Yeah. That's a great question, man. So, so coming out, you know, when I committed to, you know, Tennessee, um, you know, there was a, a coaching staff that I became really familiar with. And, um, and, and, you know, you, you realize that you can only control what you can control. There are some things that are out in the universe, and whether that be in sports, in the real world, whatever it may be, um, that are just out of your control. And at 18 years old, 17 years old, I didn't really understand that concept. And so this was, this was a lesson that was forced on me. You know, I didn't, I didn't choose not to go to Tennessee. It was one of those where you get the dreaded phone call to say, Hey, we have different philosophies, um, you know, than the staff that recruited you best of luck, you know, with your, your endeavors. And, and so um, it, it really just made me grow up. And, and when you're forced into something, uh, you know, you can either lean in and embrace it. Um, luckily, I had a great support system there at the time. And, uh, and, and you know, you, you just start to lay out the, the next logical step. And it was the first real lesson that, that said, you know what, like, uh, don't count that money until it's in your bank account. Because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of us, we, we get ahead of ourselves. And then, you know, it's not guaranteed until it's all said and done. And so, um, you know, to sort of come full circle with it is the, the second lesson I taught was it is if you are putting yourself out there and you have a brand, when something falls through, you have to have backup options, right? Because this yeah. world isn't perfect. And so, um, so, you know, subtly that, that lesson was taught where it was like, you know, Scott, if you, you got to have multiple backup plans and be able to adjust on the fly. And so, um, so the mindset at the time, if I'm being transparent, was just reactive. I had no clue what I was doing. I was trusting the people around me. Um, but, but the transitions, um, at, you know, once I landed at South Alabama, I, I think the biggest lesson was learning how to fail forward. Um, you know, that's something that, that athletes are really, um, you have to learn how to do that, whether it's in practice during a game, I mean, what do you do? You know, you, you know, you're playing soccer, you're playing football, you go down, like you, you mess up, right. Being a punter, I was on an Island, you yeah. mess up one time. Like how do you fail forward and get better? And so that whole experience laid a foundation for me to go ahead and, um, work on those skills that directly translated into everything I'm doing in, in sales and my lifestyle now. 
No, it's really cool. I really like how you brought up uh, fail forward because as athletes, we already have that innate nature. You know, there's games that we play, we win and lose. It's not like you've seen anyone go undefeated, you know, through the course of the season. So we know how to lose and we know how to take lessons from our losses and apply it to uh, our greater good. Uh, I want to talk about your time at South Alabama. You talk about, you know, being able to see something from the ground up. It started from, you know, not, any funding to like playing Tennessee, like that storybook right there. You can make a movie from that. But can yep. you talk about um, how you were able to apply the principles from South Alabama to all the things that you do now? Yeah. Um, so so when, when you have a blank canvas, it's really cool because you're not inheriting any legacy ideas, right? So, so this is, you know, that, that was my opportunity to come in and put a unique perspective on something that now as players come into the system inherit. And so, um, you know, I, I see a lot of parallels in what I did at South Alabama to, um, you know, some of the situations we find ourselves in as a society today. Um, you know, there's a lot of change going on in society. There's a lot of overdue change going on in society. And once you have that platform, um, I think it's really powerful when you know a responsible way to put your fingertip on change and, and help guide people. Um, but, but through that process, you know, it, it was an ebb and flow. It wasn't just this is what Scott Garber and the staff at South Alabama and the players want. You had to understand what the fans wanted, what the city wanted, what the community around it wanted. So it really became a family more than just the, the guys that I was playing around. Um, and you realize that, that as an athlete, you have a platform to really make a change. And I think that that was really – it bred a confidence in me to say, regardless of the scale of the issue – if you have a concerted effort and you have a movement behind you, you can accomplish big things, just like going back and playing Tennessee or, you know, winning our first game in the SEC or building a stadium on campus. And I mean, you could just keep rattling them off of the successes. Um, but just know there was a lot of hardship in there. It wasn't all roses, you know, like anything worthwhile. It's a bumpy hell of a ride to get there. That's facts. So now you graduate in South Alabama, you're looking for a job, you get your sales off. Can you talk about the, um, I want to talk about athletes and sales. Um, I feel like they perfectly align um, in terms of like they, they thrive in that, in, in those types of roles. So can you talk about some things that helped you in this, uh, in this, in this space? Yeah, I sure can. Because, uh, you know, one of the best things about being an athlete is you learn how to be coachable. And, and I think mentorship and coaching in the sales world is everything. And mm-hmm. so, so shout out to my uncle, Steve Doodleberg. Um, I'm actually doing some work with them at On The Ball Ventures um, as a relationship builder. And, and Steve was my coach. I came out and I, I always put my uncle on a pedestal. He was a serial entrepreneur. And, um, and he took me under his wing and he, he taught me some of the foundations of, of you sell it, right? And, and selling is such a it's a broad term right you know a lot of people think about it as the used car salesman um in 2020 you know over the last decade 2010 to to where we're at now and the game isn't about what you know but the game is about who knows you and so so much of it is about building that brand um you know portraying who you are what you think your opinions um and and becoming relatable and so um i you know I think that athletes have all the intrinsic um, makeup 
to make great connectors. And when you're a great connector and you have a great story to tell, you can sell just about anything because, you know, we're, we're not storytelling anymore. We're story selling. And so it's yeah. like the better you get at this craft of telling your story and being relatable, most athletes already put the hard work in. So that's the, that's the, the part that comes natural to us. So um, I would say, you know, just being, being coachable, being humble, and knowing that there's going to be failure in order to get to something that's bigger than, you know, the immediate instant gratification is, is probably some of the, the biggest things I took away in parallels from, from sports to sales. No, I respect. And, you know, you mentioned uh, instant gratification. How would you, like, what would you recommend an athlete do, you know, whether they go pro, whether they, you know, are done after college, to think long-term when it comes to, you know, their ventures, you know, or the things that they want to do? Yeah, I, you know, so this is going to, this is going to be a long winded answer here, but for the first, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I told you about this offline, um, last June, man, on paper, me and my girlfriend at the time, she was a former athlete at, she played softball at Springfield college. Um, and you know, on paper, we had it made in the shade. We were making money. We were living downtown Denver. We had it going on. But since we were both athletes, we were coming out and we were in this reaction state all the time. And so we, you know, we, we hung everything up. We, we bought an 11 foot travel, travel trailer from 1977. We turned our phones off for five months and we crushed 20,000 miles across the U.S. And you know what that made? It, it gave me time to figure out how I define success and what I want from this short time that we have here on earth. And so you know, some of the bigger advice I would give to athletes and humans just in general is you have to figure out what your North Star is, what success is, um, and not the ripple effects that come around it, whether that be money or accolades or whatever that may be. Um, and, and the closer I got to being where my feet were, I was able to define what success really meant. And then I was able to go ahead and put ventures in place that align to exactly who I am as a person. And so I would say, take some time, become present and understand who you are. And then you can start to manifest all kinds of really unique ventures that align with who you are as a person. Man, that's, that's bars right there, Scott, because um, I feel like, I don't want to say athletes go through the motions, but like once you go pro, it's like, all right, I worked my whole life to get to this point. Um, now I have money to like take care of my family. But outside of that, like what? is your purpose. And like, I'm currently reading my purpose driven life. What on earth am I here for? And it's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the capacity to go on a five month road trip like you. Wow. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Definitely want to try that at some point. Um, just understanding your purpose, understanding your why builds clarity in your actions day to day. And it can help you with your transition, help you with your actions, help you with your investments, because now, you know, this will ultimately lead me to whatever uh, my goal is in life. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's really yeah. important for athletes to take note. And you gotta, and you gotta know where you're going. You know, it's like, you know, we always use the analogy of waves, right? Like, you know, you, you can get directions on that thing to wherever you want, but if you don't yeah. have an end point, well, shit, you're just driving around in circles. You know what I mean? You can drive anywhere you want and there's cool things going on. Like, I'm not going to say that's not a fun venture, but if you can't clearly define what success looks like, then how the hell are you going to get directions to get there? And, yeah. and I think that was the biggest thing for me was like, once you put that target up there 
hell, we can reverse engineer how to get anywhere, especially athletes. You know, like mm-hmm. you got an off season, you know, you got to put on 20 pounds of muscle. And we know the workout routine that we got to get to. So we're in playing shape come season. Why, why wouldn't we take that same mentality to life? Right. But you have to think uh, it causes you to think. And once you once you establish that and get over that hurdle, man, the world's your oyster. Man, I love that. You know, I just had to write that down. Man. You always come with the gems, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always come with the gems. So, I try. obviously, all right, now, you come back from your road trip, your yep. Find Myself road trip tour. I should I highly recommend that to other people. Maybe not five months, but something like that where you have that journey. Now, yep. catch me up. On the Ball Ventures, that sounds like amazing. Uh, you're doing another project. I would love for you to share uh, a financial startup. Give us the yeah. rundown. So it's really cool. So, so on the ball is a family venture and uh, you know, the ability to plug into anything legacy around the family is always cool. And so, you know, was super fortunate to, to have those guys reach out to me and, and be a part of something great. Um, you know, I'll drop a link in. We, we have a morning huddle on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Um, everyone can come check it out completely free. And um, you know, if you think the nuggets I'm dropping here are, are bombs, man, just wait till you come, come check that channel out. I mean, my uncle okay. and cousin are boom. Um, so, and, and so, you know, I'm doing that and, but, but my main focus is around munch money and, and munch money is a, a fintech stock funds from a central holding account out to fully controlled virtual or physical debit cards. And, and so just to give you know, a little context to the listeners, um, my background has been in sports technology forever. Um, you know, that's, that's where my passion was. So I was like, you know, how can we take this and, and start to marry it with the, collegiate athlete, you know, especially with name image likeness on the horizon and some of the antiquated processes that live in schools. And so um, we were proving the concept um, and modernizing the way that per diems were distributed from the university out to the athletes. We can make sure they only spent it on food. Um, You can now start to gather where the athletes were swiping the cards, you know, drive some transparency into that. Um, So, so we were having, you know, success with that until coronavirus just, reared its head up and uh you know (laughs) yeah we don't have to talk about that um but but it gave us an offer it gave us an opportunity to sort of take a step back and say okay we have a cool distribution method but like what do we want to do how you know where can we take this and so you know that's when our our paths cross because financial literacy is is one of those areas where we don't really teach it in schools we, we have neglected huge pockets of this country um, with just even the rudimentary basics of finance, how to budget, how, what is compounding interest, what's a Roth IRA, very basic things. And so um, through conversation, we found a unique way to partner um, with a couple different financial literacy applications to now start to serve as that practical arm. So as you know, you're learning about budgeting instead of going and getting a credit card. Now we can have a really controlled environment in which we can, you know, show what works, what doesn't work without accumulating a ton of debt or getting into a huge hole. And so, so that's been really exciting. Um, you know, and that's come up over the last few months. Um, and then lastly is like, uh, you know, on the nonprofit world, you know, there's a lot of money, especially with COVID coming into one side of the funnel. But then we were seeing that it gets bottlenecked and there's not getting back into the community where people want it. So with our technology, we can put a geofence around it. 
You can donate money into the nonprofit of your choice. And now we're giving them the ability to distribute it and make sure that it goes and is spent at the small businesses in the community. So now it becomes cyclical and we're able to see those funds really elevate there. So, so a lot of interesting use cases. And, and I got to tell you, um, a lot of doom and gloom in the world right now, but we are making a difference at scale and it's been a ton of fun. And that's what I love about uh, you and what you guys are doing because it's, it's action. It's not just words. It's not just hearsay. It's not just, you know, to appease people. It's actually action behind, you know, what you guys, um, like your mission and your values. So I really respect what you guys are doing. Can you talk about some Cheers. of the upcoming, like, uh, partnerships that you guys have in store? I know things, some of them are off record and, you know, I'm not allowed to discuss, but in terms of yeah. like what it looks like from, you know, helping, helping students from a financial literacy standpoint what does that look 100%, like 100 100% so so you know in the in the k-12 market um there's an application called planet um shout out Derek wesley uh you know former educator who saw the gap in this space where um they weren't teaching financial literacy and so with his educating background um you know he's he's made some strategic partnerships with sensei um and and those guys are building something that you know, can be consumed across the K-12 spectrum and really be proactive in teaching um, financial literacy. So we partnered with them. Um, you know, we're, we're in late stages with a couple of nonprofits um, to go ahead and serve communities, not here just domestically, but, you know, overseas as well. Um, so now they can, you know, leapfrog and, um, you know, start to take advantage of some of the enhancements we have here instead of, you know, going on that slow bell curve. Um, and then, you know, we're exploring partnerships in the, in the, um, in the collegiate athletic world as well. So, you know, with name image likeness starting to permeate the landscape, um, being able to educate athletes. Um, so they don't make that mistake of when you get a huge signing bonus and you don't understand what the tax structure is going to be on the back of it. Um, now you can start to really make money moves with, you know, the platform that the NCAA is going to be affording them over the, you know, upcoming years. So, so that's what we have on the horizon. And again, really excited about going back to where I came from to start to elevate that, that population. No, that's amazing. And so you've been a college athlete, you know, you've worked in sports tech. Now you're working in like FinTech space growing up, you know, what would you have liked to see from a financial literacy standpoint? Like what topics or sectors or themes that you, like you felt like you would have loved to learn or where do you feel like athletes need to focus their their time on educating themselves in? So, so I feel that's a great question. Um, I feel like so many people want to jump right to investing, right? Where, where should I invest my money? And if I'm going to be real with you, I think we got to learn the blocking and tackling. We got to learn the, the, the absolute basics of, oh. of compounding interest, right? Because, you know, it's amazing if you put $5,000 into an account, and, and over the, the, or with the power of compounding interest over the next 40 years, you could be a million. People don't That's understand crazy. that, right? Or, or, you know, like one of the big hurdles for me that I didn't really understand was, uh, hey, it's a great benefit. We'll match, we'll match up to 3% for your 401k. And coming out of college, I was like, cool. Like, I, I, <laughs> so, it sounds like me. The hell's a 401k, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I heard my parents talk about this, but um, so, so really just, you know, I, I, think, I think if we're able to elevate the, the baseline knowledge, um, it'll open up organically some of those conversations around um, how to choose a financial advisor, 
right? How are they compensated? Or should I invest my money um, in stocks or bonds, right? Like, I mean, the long-term versus the short-term. I, I mean, there's just so many different conversations that organically um, come about when, you, when your, your baseline of knowledge is just a little bit higher. No, that's very important. And you, you bring up a great point that once you learn things and you understand the basics, it's like, why teach someone calculus if they don't even know arithmetic? Boom. You know, so what they say, you've got to crawl before you walk, walk before yeah. you run, run before you sprint, baby. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. And um, it's, it's really interesting to see like what you guys are doing. And I'm really proud of what you guys are doing and like the impact that you guys are having. Where do you see the future of, you know, FinTech sports all going? Cause now you see athletes, you know, being more invested in, in, um, you know, their finances and transition and opportunities off the field. Where do you see it all going? I think if you would have asked me that question three months ago, I would have had a way different answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I, I think there's a ton of change that's permeating the landscape. Um, you know, I think we're, you know, name image likeness. I think I'm going to just focus in there because it's a tangible one. Um, mm -hmm. But, but the ability, you know, I think we're going to see some of these old amateurism laws, um, start to be eradicated. Um, you know, we're going to see people um, from the onset develop a brand, whether, you know, that's in peewee football or hockey or gymnastics and, and really have that follow them through. So I think that there's going to be new um, self-fulfilling ways for them to monetize their own brand as an athlete, um, which, which I think will allow, um, you know, a lot of social change to take place because, you know, here as humans, we, we really value um, all the intrinsic things that go behind an athlete. So we, we have trust in them. And so, um, so I think that we're going we're gonna to see athletes start to take control of a system that controlled them for a really long time. And I think it's going to be really bumpy to start. You know, there's going to yeah. be a lot of hiccups as we unravel, um, you know, a system that made everything else professional except for the athletes. I, I mean, you know, just say that out loud makes me just cringe, right? Like, yeah, the, the, the TV contracts are professional. The facilities are professional. The coaches are paid like professionals, but the athletes aren't. So, so I think that's going to be a bumpy ride, but um, it's all trending in the right direction. And uh, ultimately, it'll give more of the power to the athletes. And I think we'll have a, a more inclusive, uh, holistic environment versus this almost segregation we see between the athletes and the, the big corporations, universities, et cetera. Oh, yeah, that's a great answer. And I, I'm really excited to see it. And I've, I, I understand your sentiments when you say it's going to be a bumpy road because people are like just so excited and they think it's just going to be a, like a, a seamless transition where, no, there's going to be a lot of mistakes that are going to be happening. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how the key stakeholders involved really kind of push the agenda. So I'm excited and I think it's really important for these athletes also to protect themselves um, because it's going to be new territory. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it's really cool, like talking to startup, um, you know, sport techs across the landscape. Um, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of new platforms coming out on the blockchain. Um, Pro Shark, go check it out. If you haven't, is an awesome platform. Yeah, shout, um, out you know, shout out to Derek who, who's building something that, that is going to drive transparency that's going to bring all of this to the forefront. And so I think, you know, the wool was pulled over our eyes a lot of the time because it's like, just don't ask, don't tell, this is just how it is. Yeah. And that shit ain't happening anymore. So it's really cool to see how the landscape is changing and, 
Um, and I've, I've been excited, man. Like it's, we're, we're moving in the right direction, um, day by day. Um, but yeah, it's bumpy. It's, uh, just think about recruiting. Think about recruiting. Like if you're, (laughs) if UCLA is recruiting me or Florida state's recruiting me just based on pure tax structures, if we go back down to like the basics, yo, I'm going to Florida state all day. Like, I mean, let's go, you know what I mean? Um, and so, so I think there's going to be a lot of those, um, unintended consequences that we're just going to have to work through. And, um, but we'll get there. We're a resilient bunch. We'll, we'll get there. It's just going to be bumpy. No, that's true. Uh, Scott, I want to thank you for your time. In closing, um, I want to, uh, I want to get back. I want to ask you again, because you're like well-connected. I feel like everyone I know knows you somehow, uh, speaks highly of you. The power of relationships and the ability to, you know, have genuine relationships. What would be your advice? Because athletes, you know, they can get in front of any door. Um, they just have to be proactive. So what advice would you have? And then I'm going to close with your question of the day that you asked me last time offline. Love but it. start with the, the relationships piece. So networking is one letter away from not working. And, and that it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. I like that. Networking. <laughs> I, had to, I was like, all right, yeah, let me. Yeah. I told you. And, Scott and with so, the gems. Hey. Um, and, so, and so, you know, it's one of those things where um, I have found the more you experience and put yourself outside of your comfort zone and become vulnerable, the more you grow and become relatable to anybody across the spectrum. And, and so what I would encourage athletes, we tend to, with success, develop an ego and think that we know what's right. And, uh, and I think that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So I would say, I would say become really polished on telling your story. Um, but become really relatable. So when you can listen, hear people, um, you're insatiably curious, but then you're able to go ahead and respond and be relevant in their world. And I think when you meet in the middle there, there's, you, you can find value in a, in a ton of different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be a transaction, um, but it could be introducing people. It could be personal. It could be professional. There's a million different ways that you can skin that cat. So um, be vulnerable, put down your ego, craft your story and, and be excited to learn why people think the way they do. And it opens up doors that I could have never imagined. Yeah. I, I really uh, take that to heart. You know, I got to be an active listener and you got to be a value add, you know, not just monetarily, but different ways, like whether it's an introduction, whether it's just actively listening to them and, you know, sharing your own scenarios and experiences based on what they're telling you. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, you got to have a good conversation, you know, um, athletes yourself man at the end of the day so take us through close us out with that question you asked i think it's a question that needs to be asked uh, you know to anybody uh anybody in a conversation uh i really uh enjoyed it so um, yeah with that being so, said yeah so so i wish i could take credit for it um a good friend old roommate of mine john solomon um i heard him ask this question and um and then i moved it into uh you know, when I was dating, it was a dating question for me, but I'm getting married now. So yeah. congratulations, uh, by the way, locking, locking it down, man, it's time. Um, and so now it's a networking question. And so, and so the question is, you know, if you could tell me one thing you've done in your life that you would recommend I do or experience in mine, what would that be? And, and just in the vein of networking, um, you know, everyone back in the day used to have a Rolodex. You know, yeah. uh, I have I have a Google sheet of everyone that I connect with and I put this answer down. And so it's really interesting 
um, how people answer it, what comes top of mind for them, because you, because you catch them off guard and then it makes them, you know, reflect on, you know, that one thing that pops right in their mind and you can just learn so much about a human um, through that question. It's been, it's been a gem for me. No, yeah. Thank you so much. So where can we find you? Yeah. So, so LinkedIn's my channel. Um, you know, I mean, I, um, talk about I, I that. Like, talk about why you chose one channel. Like I really like enjoy that because people try to be everywhere. Um, but focusing in on one and then maybe if you want to spread out, like, can you talk about why you chose LinkedIn? Yeah. So, so I mean, LinkedIn is, is the most powerful tool as far as business goes. And if I'm going to connect with people, I want to connect with people of influence. And so, I mean, it's a really unique way to, to, see someone's story digitally um, before you even get on the phone with them. Um, and you're able to go ahead and do a lot of vetting out of like selective. I want this person in my world because of X, Y, and Z. Um, some of the other social platforms are fun. Um, you can connect, you know, with a lot of different people, but I'm all about substance. Um, give me, give me quality over quantity any single day. And so LinkedIn has been a, you know, Again, you know, Steve pioneered LinkedIn five years ago and was teaching this strategy, right? And then tactics to go ahead and build that strategy. And so, um, you know, with consistency on LinkedIn, man, I look at we're on this podcast together. I mean, I, I didn't know you from anywhere, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, and so it's just like, I've just, I've just been, it's been the one channel that has just um, been so fruitful time and time again. And, uh, and if you feed the feed, engage with the feed, the feed will give you everything you want in return. And so that, that's my advice there on LinkedIn. Man, respect, man. Thank you so much, Scott. Um, really appreciate you have, having you on the podcast. Uh, we definitely going to have some of the show notes that you provided. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping in touch. Awesome, man. I'll drop all my follow-up contact information, um, LinkedIn handle. Um, I'll even drop my Facebook, Instagram handle on there just for personal connections. Um, and then the Munch Money website as well. So if anybody, you know, if that want to have a conversation, let's grab a virtual cup of coffee and uh, see where we can take it. Uh, respect. That means a lot. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Woo!